Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Tonight's guest is an old friend from high school. We recently got back together over the social network. Uh, both of us are doing podcasts now. Um, I met this guy, I guess, when I was a freshman. Um, I think he was maybe two grades ahead of me, maybe one. Can't really remember it. But I do remember that he was a unique individual, an individual who looked at the face of authority and said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, oblige by your rules. I'm going to walk my own walk. With that being said, please welcome to the Bobcast, Mr. Adam Grossman. Hello. Adam, how you doing this evening? Pretty good. How are you doing, Bob? So, you know, all those years ago, um, I, I was trying to go through my, uh, my old photographs today and trying to find, uh, we did a, a photo shoot once at the Concrete Jungle. And for those of you who are listening who don't know what the Concrete Jungle is, is or was excuse me it is the metroplex um adam tell the bobcast listeners what the concrete jungle was back in the 90s to you uh it was at one point i guess maybe in the 70s or 80s it was some sort of a manufacturing facility that was closed down left to rot concrete was dumped over the machinery and it was just left there for decades so it started to get all grown over with weeds and stuff the concrete started to crumble and it was a great place to get into trouble or hang out and explore. There were underground caves. There was just, it was, it was awesome. It was a overgrown concrete jungle. I miss that place. That place was uh, awesome. I think you were the first person to take me there. Uh, it, it was strange. It, it, the entire landscape of the Metroplex was taken over by this, like, ruins, if you will. There was graffiti everywhere, signs of bonfires, signs of people partying in the night. Stuff like this does not exist no more in today's age that every piece of land that is out there is almost occupied or about to be occupied. Uh, yeah, that place also had, like, towers, too, like radio towers, right, where you could, like, look out. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you could climb up. There were, like, it was almost like a guard or a watchtower or it looked like one. And you could climb up, and there was a platform up there that you could actually see the entire landscape from there. Do you remember, like, uh, on, like, the entrances, like, they all had, there was, like, signs? I can't remember if there were numbers or letters, but I know, like, each parking lot had, like, its own division. Each parking lot was lettered, and then there were no trespassing signs, which were uh, ignored. Um, but, uh, I think it was, I think gate F was the gate that was led to the main area. Yeah, I, I think uh, I remember that. Yeah, you can get in through that way. I mean, yeah. you'd walk up like a dirt path and you'd come down into it. And it, it, I wish I had more photographs of it because it was just amazing. Um, yeah, we did that in uh, the 90s when we were in high school together. We went to uh, Plymouth White Marsh. Um, as I mentioned before, we both had a unique taste in, I guess, uh, you know, rock and roll, you know, the darkness or whatever. You know, you got a lot of flack in high school. Do you remember, like, what was the strangest thing that you got in trouble for with the administration back in the day? The strangest thing I got in trouble for was actually after I left school. Um, not too long after I graduated, the whole Columbine thing happened. And when I was in high school, I had long hair. I wore, you know, metal 
industrial t-shirts, and I always wore a long fucking trench coat. So, after Columbine, uh, I actually got a phone call from the local police asking if I knew anything about the trench coat Mazi conspiracy. Wow. In 1999. Yeah. What, what year did you graduate again? You graduated in 97, right? I graduated in 97, yeah. Yeah, okay. So they just called you because you were being socially, uh, you know, profiled, I guess, as being one of these people? Apparently they remembered me from when I was there, and I was a troublemaker who wore a long coat, so they wanted to make sure that I had no plans of going and blowing up the school. You know, it really is a shame. There's a bunch of, you know, facts that have, have come to light, you know, in recent years. Like, you know, I mean, the guys wore trench coats to conceal the weapons when they were entering the building, not to make a fashion statement. You know, it's 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 clear, you know, as, as crystal clear as, like, the day, but, I mean, people like the West, Mo uh, West Memphis Three, they were incarcerated, actually. Same type of social profiling. I don't know if you're aware of that case, but um, for the Bobcast listeners out there, definitely check them out. I mean, they were exonerated under an Alfred plea in which they pleaded guilty, but were released into uh, being a free citizen. And they, too, also had long hair and liked to wear black, listen to rock and roll, metal, whatever. So, yeah, that's unfortunate. But at the same time, I, I appreciate people who like the arts. Speaking of arts, um, recently uh, you contacted me and you told me about this awesome idea for a new podcast show that you're hosting. What exactly uh, are you doing down there in Country Hocken in the studio? Uh, well, the podcast is called The Virgin Sacrifice, and it's really, uh, the idea sprouted um, the way that it does when you start hanging out with new people. You know, you start hanging out with somebody, uh, you start talking, bullshitting, and, you know, eventually the subject of movies comes up, and then you'll start throwing off titles and talking about movies that you like and don't like and shit that you have in common, and then every once in a while you'll mention a movie and the person that you're talking to is like, I've never seen that. And then you just stop right there, and you put that fucking movie on, you sit them down, and you make them watch it. And that was kind of the idea for The Virgin Sacrifice, is let's do that, let's, let's find somebody that's never seen some of these movies that we love, make them watch it, and then immediately throw them on a microphone and get reactions, and talk about it. <laughs> it's a great, great premise. Uh, I listened to the, the one on Tusk, a uh, movie by Kevin Smith. I enjoyed that immensely. Uh, Kevin Smith, I've mentioned here on the Bobcast, is one of the reasons I got into podcasting. He said it's a fun, you know, relatively untouched when it comes to, like, uh, corporate America. Nobody owns the podcast really network yet. But eventually I think that it'll become its own, like, radio station. So for, like, um, the content that you're pop popping out, like, what other uh, movies have you watched? Uh, we try to vary it. Um, we don't want to just stick to obscure horror movies, although they are our bread and butter. They're the most fun. They usually generate the best reactions and conversations. Um, we've, we've posted eight as of this week, and I think we have 12 or 13 recorded. Um, we're a few weeks ahead of where we post. Nice. Um, What's some of your favorite titles that you've watched on the Virgin Sacrifice podcast? Tusk, because uh, Tusk is a great movie. If you've never seen Tusk, go watch Tusk. It is the best Great. movie about a dude who turns another dude into a walrus. <laughs> the strangest film ever. I can't wait to see uh, Yoga Hosers. He just wrapped that. And then apparently, I, I was uh, looking at him on last night on Twitter, he just wrapped the Moose Jaws script. Are you familiar with uh, that idea he's got popping? 
Oh, I am so looking forward to Moose Jaws. Jaws <laughs> is my favorite movie ever, and just the ridiculousness, ridiculousness of it being done with a moose. And that's all he tells anybody that it is. It's Jaws with a moose. I'm, I'm fucking in. Yeah, it's going to complete his, uh, what's he called it? The Great North Trilogy, I believe? Yeah, the Great Northern Trilogy. Yeah, Tusk is a strange, strange movie. I mean, it... It takes well. The thing that's so interesting about it really is that the the film came out of a conversation like we're having on a podcast on the the Smodcast on the Smodco network. They were just uh, chatting about ideas, and then they they came up with what was no. They they found an article on like some sort of UK Craigslist thing. Yeah, they found like a Craigslist ad about a dude who had a huge mansion, and he's an old guy, and he you can have the run of the mansion. And you can live there rent-free, but the uh, the only catch is that, I think it's like once a week for two hours, you have to dress in a walrus suit and act like a walrus for this dude's amusement. Yeah, and uh, just, you know, it's a, it's a scary idea. Like, in the, when you watch the film, there is a couple moments when, I guess, the transformation is, like, you know, first starting where you're like, man, that, that would really suck. Uh, you know, I just saw, I, I haven't commented on the Bobcast yet about this, but I just uh, saw the Fantastic Four, and, you know, I, I had to say it because of all the news and the media about how, you know, what a stinker it is. God, is it terrible. Have you seen this film yet? I have not. I've you, you, no you can wait it. for it, Adam. You can wait for this film, but the reason I bring it up is there was one part of the Fantastic Four that I loved, but it only lasted a little, little bit, a tiny scene, in it, and it was, like, where, like, they had just gotten their powers, and they were horrified by it and it was like a scary thing rather than like oh this is cool like no i am on fire i am i can't put myself out and like it reminded me of tusk but the rest of the film is absolute absolute dog shit uh, <laughs> you can watch it when it comes out on the internet but um yeah the virgin sacrifice you can check it out uh it's the virgin sacrifice at uh what's the website uh it's the virgin sacrifice Nice, yeah, and uh, I'll have to come. I'd love to be uh, on the show. Um, speaking of, uh, I guess horror films, and we we both you know enjoy the genre. Um, what would you say the top three horror movies of all time for Adam Grossman would be? We'll start with number three. Okay, well, let's see. Let's start off by saying that uh, the Evil Dead trilogy is far none top of the line, but. Everybody knows the Evil Dead trilogy, and we're not going to talk about that right now. So is that on your list, though? Is that number three? Oh, you're, you're no. saying the top three that of is, all time. That's gotcha. number one, top of the list, but there's, there's not too much left unsaid about that, at least not until the TV series comes out. Which looks awesome, so, by the way. The trailers look great. Let's go, let's go a little bit more obscure. I'm going to say my number three would be The Exorcist 3. Okay, that's a strange film. It's uh, it, it's it was ridiculed by some because it kind of mixed the genre together a little bit. There was a little comedy in there, I think, right? No, 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 no. Exorcist Three is straight up. No, that's the second one. Serious. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's the third almost one. no levity in it at all. Oh yeah. Uh, it was written and directed by William Peter Blatty, who wrote the original Exorcist but didn't direct it, and it was based off of his book Legion, which wasn't really a sequel to The Exorcist. They just kind of retrofitted it to be an Exorcist sequel when it came to script. But the movie is excellent. And Brad Dorif, who is, uh, most people would know as the voice of Chucky, he is phenomenal in this fucking movie. He plays the best crazy that you will ever 
This came out in the 90s, right? Like, uh, yeah, 91, 92, something like that. So wait, so I was thinking about the second one where I've actually only seen one and three and the remake. Two I skipped because apparently it goes off the deep end, but I remember seeing the like the, the movie trailers for Exorcist 3 as a kid, and I remember it scared the shit out of me, man. Yeah, it, it does a good job of just being legitimately scary. Um, I mean, some of the stuff doesn't hold up to scrutiny or with age, but for its time, it was it was pretty damn good. It's a true horror movie. There's there's no comedy. There's no jokes. There's no winks and nods to the camera. It's it's a scary story. I think uh, for me, number three, uh, I, I had to really you know think about it, and uh, you know I was like, well, what was a film that I just was blown away by because the genre was so it was a horror movie, but. It had kind of like twisted it with a little bit of sci-fi. It's a film uh, came out in the '90s called Event Horizon, and basically it's a, a haunted mansion on a spaceship, and it, it, Sam Neill's in it, and the guy from Dead at Twenty One. I can't remember what that guy's name was. Do you remember the show Dead at Twenty One on MTV back in the '90s? I don't remember the actor's name, but I know who you're talking about. But yeah, it's Sam Neill and uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Yes, it's, yes, uh, Before, the other star. This is pre Morpheus. And he's terrifying. Like, this this film, I, I remember thinking to myself, like, man, this is, like, all the best elements of Alien mixed with, you know, just pure horror. So, yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. It's shining on a spaceship. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, great movie. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I recalled it today when we were chatting, doing the pre-notes here. And I was like, you know what, I gotta, I gotta see that again. So, I had to put that on my list. And I also remember going into the theater with T.J. Wilson, and uh, we tried to sneak in... Burger King, and we put uh, fountain drinks in our cargo shorts, and they opened up right when we were handing the tickets to the guy. So, yeah, T, shout out to you here on the podcast, Van Horizon. Uh, number two, Adam. Number two would be Psycho 2. I remember the, that the VHS is, that came out 22 years after the original Psycho, and more twisted in Hitchcock than any actual Hitchcock movie. It's, it's a good amazing. Sequel. Um, are you a fan of the show, Bates Motel? I am not. I tried to watch it, and no. I'm I'm a hardcore fan of the original four Psycho movies, and Bates Motel does them no justice whatsoever. Yeah, Bates Motel, I, I tried watching the first season, and then I just completely dropped off. I was like, this is... All, like, once they introduced that Norman had a brother or something from, like, uh, you know, a distant town, I was just like, no, no, I can't get behind this. But yeah, Psycho 2, I remember seeing the, the VHS cover at like Movie World on Ridge Pike. I, I think he's holding up the keys, right, to the house? It's in like the, the uh, foreground. The one where he's holding up the keys is the cover for Psycho 3. Psycho oh, yeah. 2 is the one where it's a big picture of the house. Norman Bates in silhouette standing in front of the house. And it just says it's 22 years later and Norman Bates is coming home. <laughs> I love Perfect it. Perfect fucking tagline. And it sets the mood for the movie beautifully. Um, for me, you know, I went back and I had to think about experiences and then, like, you know, what it was like to see something for the first time. And I had to put on the list. Some people may disagree, but when I first saw this film, I saw it at the, the Ritz downtown in Philadelphia, mid-90s. I, I didn't look it up. But um, when I saw it, there was there was AOL dial-up, Prodigy. There was no Collider.com, DarkHorizons.com, none of these websites to tell you you know, what's what about a film coming out. So we went in, and we had no clue what we were watching. It was the the Blair Witch Project. And, oh, wow. uh, you know, we thought that it was real. We were a part of that early audience. 
I can't remember who I was with too, which is crazy. I think it was you two, maybe. But um, uh, you know, like when the credits rolled and like you know the camera got hit, we we thought that this was real. And then I was devastated. I remember when I found out that it wasn't real. I was like, ah oh, man. But of course, you know what I mean. When you suspend, you know, disbelief, and you, I mean, I I love like uh, Jaws too. Like Jaws is like a great movie because you don't really see the shark until like you know midway through midway through the second act. So um, with the Blair Witch, you never really saw anything, and it scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I remember. I remember when that came out. That was one of the first tastes of viral marketing. I mean, now it happens all the time, and there's tie-ins with with TV shows and websites and shit like that. But Blair Witch was the first time that they did a really good job of marketing something as it was a real, as if it was a real story. Yeah, like it was. And really happy. It wasn't until months after the theatrical release they started to leak out information that yes these are just actors yes these people are still alive I remember people like real people were going to the town trying to find this film crew that supposedly disappeared like the town had to shut its borders for a short while yeah it was amazing you know it was the first cultural cloverfield if you will you know what I mean like uh, big impact Um, I remember when it went into like you know full distribution it was like maybe almost a year later I remember they were playing at the Regal but um yeah, the Blair Witch, you know, I watched it recently on, uh, I think it's on Netflix, and, you know, it still holds up. Unfortunately, the Blair Witch's sequel is absolute, absolutely terrible. It's Have you seen that recently? It's so bad. Recently? No. I watched it when it came out, and I've never revisited that. Dude, that, that would be a great movie. <laughs> like, hey, man, you ever see the Blair Witch? Like, oh, yeah, I love it. And then, like, what about the sequel? And they're like, no, I've never seen it. That would be a great virgin sacrifice right there man because that movie just lowers your expectations until it hits the floor it's just terrible man the acting is off i looked it up on, on wikipedia and like originally they tried to like do it in the same vein in the studio ordered reshoots and uh yeah the blair witch project really it never got you know you know the full credit it deserved you know like it, it really was a game changer i mean the scene it where, was it, you know it started the genre it was the first and there's so many of them that have come out over the years, you know, like uh, Chronicles have changed, like, you know, the perspective of it, but the Blair Witch was the original scare right there, man. And the actors were great. When he finds the cigarettes at the bo- uh, his cigarette at the bottom of the pack, and he's, like, rocking back and forth. Everything's gonna be okay. Oh, gonna got be okay. <laughs> we got smokes. Yeah, like, it's so good. Um, yeah, so that was one of my favorites. Um, yeah, I'd like to see something, you know, I, there's a film that came out um, I think it was maybe last summer that the brothers who directed the Blair Witch and wrote, they did about Bigfoot called Exists. Have you seen that one, Adam? I have not seen that one yet, no. Yeah, that's worth checking out. It's not that bad. It's pretty scary. It's, you know, using some of the tricks that they used back in the Blair Woods. But uh, let's, let's, let's move on. Number one for Mr. Adam Grossman here on the podcast. Number one, it's it's a little bit more obscure. Uh, it, it never got a wide release. Um, if you're interested in seeing it, you'll have to track it down. Uh, but it's called The Poughkeepsie Tapes. And it is, uh, it's, it's sort of a found footage, um, but it's done more documentary style. What's it called again? The Poughkeepsie Tapes. How do you spell that? Uh, E-E-P-S-I-E. You know, I, I have okay. heard of this. I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. So tell the Bobcast listeners what it's all about. Uh, it's it's uh, 
story about um, a police investigation where they find hundreds of VHS tapes that chronicle uh, a serial killer about a decade in the life of a serial killer. Yeah, I, and I've heard of this. And it's played completely straight. If, if you didn't know that it was fake, you wouldn't know that it was fake. It's wonderfully done, brilliantly acted, and it is just absolutely chilling. Twisted, fucked up, it's a masterpiece. And uh, the person that uh, wrote and directed it, uh, John Eric Dowdle, he went on to do uh, that movie Quarantine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the first person zombie movie. Did he do the really good. Did he do the American version or Wreck? The REC. He did the, he did the American version. The okay, American cool. remake of Wreck. American remake of um, Wreck was really good. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. Maybe I could be a, a virgin for that one. Um, for me, it was really tough. Absolutely. We've been looking for a virgin for that one, so you're in. I'm down for that. Sign me up. Um, so, number one for me, you know, it, it came in at a draw here because there's two films that I really like. Halloween is always going to be the number one scare fest for me. But, um, you know... The other one would have to be uh, Grave Encounters. It's a very obscure film that uh, I tell people, like, hey, you want to watch something that's, you know... <laughs> have you ever seen Grave Encounters, Adam? I have years ago. Well, I just saw it recently. Don't have I, I saw it recently, and, and, like, for the Bobcast listeners, you want to watch something new, spin the genre. It takes... The film is, like, shot like they're shooting um, a Ghost Adventures. They go into, you know, a place that looks just like uh, an asylum here in Pennsylvania... And, uh, you know, they try to get some footage, nothing works, and then something goes wrong and they can't get out of the building. It's shot for, oh, like... It's oh, shot... shit, yes, yes. Do you know what I'm talking be... about? Yeah, so yes. like, it's shot for, like, you know, maybe $200,000, but, I mean, the scares that come off of it, like, there's a real slow burn. And the first time you see, you know, a demon, like, it's terrifying. There's this is a nurse, and she's, like, shaking in the corner. And when her face turns, yeah, the, the special effects aren't, you know state-of-the-art, but it works. It scares the shit out of you. And then, uh, you know, he goes off into the deep world. It, it got a sequel. The sequel is no good. Uh, it's Grave Encounters 2. But, yeah, if you want to check something out truly obscure and weird, Grave Encounters. Um, but Halloween, yeah, for me, growing up as a kid, shit, I was scared to death of Michael Myers. I thought that Michael Myers was outside my parents' window ready to kill me. And, uh, you know, the, the genre's still going on. I, I hear now that they're remaking it and trying to, like, put a new spin on Michael Myers come out next year. What about no, you, Adam? I can't do any worse than what's already been done. Oh, it's gotten so bad. The one with Busta Rhymes where, like, they were shooting the webcam thing. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. God, so bad. Even the, the one H2O, I thought that was so hokey. First off, you can't shoot Halloween if you're not using the the proper mask and the mask is, you know, Captain Kirk. Oh, the mask in H2O is god awful. God awful. It ruins the fucking movie. That movie would have been passable if they could have just gotten the mask right. The mask is terrible. The mask has to be right, in my opinion. It's got to be that, you know, Shatner look. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. So, um, you know, that, that was it. And, you know, like, the first one, though, it's just such a flawless movie. Every single beat of that film just works. I mean, from the opening sequence of the escape patients in the rain to when Michael Myers is first outside the house, like, it's it's just, it's fantastic. And, like, I've read the script online, um, and I think that, you know, it's still, it still, you know, holds up. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, it is fun here to talk about all things horror. Uh, I'd like to thank my guest, 
Mr. Adam Grossman for coming on here today. Adam, I'm definitely going to be your virgin. We'll definitely have a sacrifice. It definitely will get bloody. Sweet. The website is, once again, thevirginsacrifice.castmate.fm. Uh, we're also on Twitter, at thesacrifice. And good old-fashioned email, virginsacrificepodcast at gmail.com. That's right. If you want to be a virgin, drop Adam an email. Once again, thank you for coming on the Bombcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another fantastic episode of Bombcast.